Good morning. Thank you for listening to Embracing Life. This is Michelle. It's Thursday and uh, Christmas is approaching quickly. It's definitely feeling like uh, the holiday spirit is in the air. It's really quite chilly here in Boston. It even snowed yesterday, which was so beautiful to wake up to. Um, The stores are packed. People are impatient. And I personally (laughs) prefer to do all my shopping online. But since I live where I live, it's so easy to just uh, get out of my place. And in four minutes, I'm I'm at Copley Place or the Prudential Center. So it's fun to break up my day or my evening just to pop into the stores to take a look around. And um, I did that yesterday. I did a little Christmas shopping in real life. Um, However, it takes me about 20 minutes before I get frustrated. But anyhow, last night I was just looking and felt like walking around and um, I popped into Neiman Marcus which is a really neat store in Copley Place I love it there and I love it there especially around Christmas time because it's just decorated beautifully and I have fond memories of the store because when I first moved to Boston I was living in a dorm at Northeastern and I didn't like it I really found it chaotic and it was just a lot um to deal with you know there were it was just I was used to living a pretty quiet life in Connecticut and all of a sudden I was in a dorm in the middle of Boston uh with just people from all over the world and there was no privacy and it was messy and it was just it was dorm living I mean it is what it is and um so I know every Saturday I just I would love to get up early when everyone was sleeping in and hung over I love to get up early and I would take a 12 minute walk up to Huntington Avenue and go to Neiman Marcus and it was my little escape to paradise um so it's it's really neat that I live now a four minute walk from there and uh, still feel the same emotions when I walk in there. I love it. It feels warm and beautiful and it smells good. The fragrances just it's it's a luxurious environment that's friendly to me. And um, anyhow, I popped in there last night and uh I ran into a friend of mine who actually is a buyer for the store. So she was in town and I haven't seen her in years. Um, friend, I was closer in, in college, obviously. Um, and we were discussing our lives and uh, caught up quickly. And she's also divorced and she had three children that were launched. And she was telling me about her parents and everything. and. We quickly caught up on her personal life after she drilled me about mine. And she was telling me about her boyfriend. Um, And it was about 10 minutes into the conversation about her boyfriend um, that she was going on and on, how nice he was and this and that. But she hasn't seen him in four years. So I found that odd, but who am I to judge? Um, But then she really opened up to me. And... Apparently, this man wasn't her boyfriend, but a friend. So he was someone from her past. 
um, that she just knew him from work and apparently she was attracted to him when they were working together, but they never had anything, uh, significant. Um, but she reconnected with him when she was stuck at home with COVID and she was telling me how they speak every day and she's been in touch with him for four years, just about every day whether it's, you know, usually just texting, but still every day for four years and they've yet to meet. Now he does live in Europe. So fair enough. It's not that easy to meet, but she's been to Europe at least three, four, maybe five times and has suggested they meet. And, um, she's telling me whenever she goes over there, she has a plan to meet him, but he's always busy. And, you know, I can't help thinking to myself, what is this all about? I think it's one way situation. She probably likes him or maybe thinks there's something more there than there actually is. Um, but again, who am I to judge? You know, she seemed happy, but maybe a little, I don't know. I couldn't really read this situation, but it made me think of, you know, maybe he's afraid of a relationship you know what I didn't want to ask her but I was just thinking um she said that he was divorced you know and it got me thinking about men and women and their fear of relationship because I think people do have a fear of relationship I think I might be one of them (laughs) um and I say this because I think people get used to with their divorce they get used to living alone doing their own thing or even if they live with their children you know they're used to living with their children making their own decisions not having their to ask permission for anything and you get I mean I've been divorced for 16 years um I've had a partner I've had close connection but I haven't lived with anybody since I lived with my former husband. And that's very different. I mean, I can do whatever I want to do. I don't have to ask permission uh, to go anywhere, to travel anywhere, to buy a new bed comforter. I don't have to ask if they like it or ask what to how to decorate my space. I don't have to ask permission for anything. I'm free. I have that freedom because I don't live with someone. I don't have that level of a commitment to like a marriage. Um, and I think as we get older, you know, and I'm in my fifties, I think this man is maybe in his sixties, maybe early sixties. I think he's around 62. He certainly, she showed me a picture of him. Very good looking man, very well dressed. Um, I think he lives in Sweden or something like that. Um, Maybe their cultures are different. You know, I don't know what Swedish men are like. You know, maybe their approach to relationships is entirely different. And this is normal to him. (laughs) A four-year courtship um, and you see each other maybe in the fifth year (laughs) or the sixth year and it all comes together. Maybe he has a fear of a long-distance relationship. But in truth... It doesn't matter. It's her situation. If she wants to be involved with him and have that friendship, that's up to her. Um, 
I don't think all men are afraid of relationships, certainly. I mean, most men get remarried very quickly after they get divorced. That's the trend, while women typically stay single. I know what the reason for that is. It's as clear as day. Um, Women are very independent in their lives. They don't need help with laundry. (laughs) Um, There's social calendars, uh, their bills. Men, I think, men don't get mad at me, but from the way I see it, um, women are a built-in support staff for you. They typically run the household. They typically take care of the laundry and the dry cleaning. They typically take care of the social calendar. They typically, you know, are in charge of the kids and their schedules and the holidays and decorating. And not for nothing, I mean... If you pick the right spouse and the right wife, I mean, you get a lot of things in one. Um, you know, you really do. And I think I think that's why men remarry quickly. They get their social calendar taken care of, their laundry's done, the house is clean. I know I'm talking about a traditional situation, but as as much as things change, they do stay the same. I mean, I don't see that many women that are just working and that's it. And they have nothing to do with their kids, nothing to do with their social calendar, nothing to do with decorating their home or how the household functions. I do see women that are in charge of all of that and work and their husbands just work. And I'm not, I don't mean just work. They, they make a nice living and they work very hard. But I do believe that the weight of the household falls still on the woman. I'm sure there are exceptions to the rule in my world, in my life, in my experiences, in the people that I see, I see very little, uh, very little, very few couples that are exactly, you know, it's even in terms of the split division of labor. I think it's heavily weighted on women. No question. So with that being said, it makes sense that men typically remarry quicker. But anyhow, this guy didn't. He was married. I don't even know how long he's been married. And it's not even an issue. The point is, he never wants to get together when she's in Europe. So that's a little bit of a red flag for me. Again, it's not my issue, so I don't care. But um, she'll do what she's going to do. And we change the subject pretty quickly. But it just made me think, you know, what's his deal? And, you know, likely he's had a traumatic relationship experience. And he thinks maybe thinks all women are the same. Or he's going to, you know, maybe he's going to fall in love with this woman. Because she's pretty dynamic. She's smart. She's got a good head on her shoulders. Her kids are successful. She's fine financially. I mean, there's nothing, there's no red flags about her. I mean, she's a pretty independent woman. Um, Maybe that bothers him. Maybe he wants somebody who's more dependent on him. I mean, certainly it's, you know, again, it's not up to me to figure out the relationship. But, um, you know, and if she's going to be with him, you know, maybe, maybe he just needs to do the work and understand why his romantic relationship didn't work, you know, and if he had a really previous relationship trauma, in the wake of trauma, it can make it almost unbearable if you haven't processed that trauma and worked through 
the associated thoughts and feelings, that personal trauma is too great to, to move through and forward to another relationship. So maybe it has to do with that. Um, or maybe he has a touch of depression and he's not ready to open up to somebody. And, you know, there's hope for, for men who have all sorts of issues, but in, in truth, they must be disciplined and honest about themselves. And if there is any dysfunction, that they address it. And, you know, there there's always hope for it a successful, happy relationship if you pick the right person. It really has to do with understanding who you're communicating with and, you know, take a good look at their lives. Are they a chaotic person? Are they dysfunctional themselves? Do they have a good relationship with friends and family? Um, Are they looking for, you know, somebody who can support them financially? Uh, Because that can... That can be, you know, a lot of people don't want that burden either, you know, after being divorced. Who wants to take on somebody who's in need of, you know, support? It's not that appealing, honestly. Um, so there's that. And and again, the chaos, you know, will that person add to your life in a meaningful way? Or, you know, going through a divorce is very difficult. You know, I can say personally, you know, my relation, my divorce was very peaceful and quite simple because my ex-husband took a job in California. He lived there for a while before we separated and, you know, we'd been separated and together for a year before we even touched upon uh, being separated literally as a couple and divorced. So, I mean, I had gotten used to living without him for at least two years before we divorced and and being alone with the one, two-year-olds, you know, and and living, raising, being with my kids alone um, was very normal for me at a very, you know, when they were one. So I wasn't married for long with kids. I mean, the bulk of the responsibility was on me from day, not from day one, but from after a year. Um... He had to take a job at another, uh, all the way across the country. So I was with the, let's see, one and three-year-olds um, by myself. And I didn't have, I had family around, but my father had cancer. And, you know, I certainly wasn't going to bother my parents, uh, it, whether it was to be complaint, to complain or to babysit. So, I mean, I didn't have that network of extended family. And where I lived, people weren't exactly running to help me with my kids. Um, That is a fact. So, um, it was pretty isolating and difficult. But so that being said, um, the hard part of, of a divorce, I've already gone through. I've raised my kids completely solo. And they're now 20, they're 20 and 23. So what is the incentive for me to get married? I have zero incentive to get married. Zero. Companionship? Absolutely. I want it. I love it. I, I, having a partner in my life is essential for me, for my well-being. It always has been. That's the type of person that I am. I've always had someone in my life since I was 16 years old with very little gap um 
So I love having a partner and sharing my life with someone. Do I have to live with them? I do not. Um, And I think in many ways, you know, I haven't lived as a married person for at least 16 years. So the thought of that, I, I don't know. I really don't, I can't say emphatically, yeah, let's go ahead and do it no matter who it's with. Um, I like the idea of it. I really, I do. And, you know, my kids live near me, so it's not like I, I don't know, it's a little tricky. I don't need to be married. You know, there are many aspects of it that I don't like um, that sound suffocating to me. Um but I do want the companionship. But I'm I'm not sure about the living together. That makes me a little nervous. I'm probably more like a guy in that regard. Um, I feel the the weight of it sort of coming around my neck when I think about it. So I I need to work on that, you know, maybe a little bit myself as I reflect upon all of this. But anyhow, this isn't about me. (laughs) This is just my observations of life and people and relationships. And I'm very introspective. So when I run into people and they start telling me about their situation, I naturally gravitate toward the analysis of the situation and the relationship and the person and what they've gone through. It's just a natural process that happens for me. And I happen to do it with her. And I hope she's happy. I hope they work out. I hope they fall in love. But whatever it's supposed to be, it will be. Maybe they're just going to be friends. And that's fine too. It is what it is. You can't force a relationship. You can't force anything. You don't want to. It has to naturally evolve or you're going to be unhappy. So anyhow, I hope you have a great day today. Thank you for listening to Embracing Life and um, enjoy the day. Bye-bye.